book of Acts, and we'll be starting up in chapter 9, verse 32, and going through chapter 11, verse 26. And as we get started, uh, as I was writing the sermon, it just brought about an experience that I had years ago when I was in college, and it was December of 2009, and uh, I was hanging out in my dorm room at Sterling College where I was working on my undergrad at that time, and life was just awesome. Uh, I had been living uh, the last few years in a brand new dorm room. It had its own bathroom. I had one roommate who was uh, also a teammate of mine on the baseball team, and, and we had lived in that same dorm room together for a couple of years, and we knew each other's schedules. We clicked well. It was perfect. Uh, he had torn up his arm pitching, and when that had happened uh, and he had surgery and everything, I was there to help him out and encourage him. And when I had blown out my knee playing baseball, he did the exact same thing for me. We were a team, and uh, everything in life was going smooth, and it was comfortable. But about a week before the fall semester ended, he came to me and he informed me that he would be renting a house off of campus starting in the spring semester to help him save money for life. He had a girlfriend, and that's when I started to pick up. He's going to be proposing before long. So, I mean, I really couldn't blame him. They had a good relationship, and he wanted to save money and start his life after he graduated. So I went to another teammate of mine uh, that would often hang out in our dorm rooms, and, and I told him, you know, hey, he's going to be moving. Would you like to move in with me come January? Uh, him and I had a lot in common. He was always hanging out in our dorm room, and I thought, this is a perfect time for me to continue on with my life of comfort and normalcy, and everything would be easy once again. Well, I went home for Christmas break that year, and while I was away, I got a call from my college baseball coach, and he informed me that he had actually already assigned a new roommate to me. It was a pitcher from Los Angeles, California, who would be joining me the next month. This kind of shook up my world a little bit. Okay, I'll have to make some adjustments. Well, when January came around, I got back on campus, and my new roommate showed up with his mom. And one of the first things that I noticed that was very obvious was that he was Hispanic, which nothing wrong with that. That was perfectly fine. He dressed like somebody from California. And uh, this really wasn't anything that, that concerned me too much. But as they continued to unpack his stuff in the days that, that lied ahead also, I, I heard my new roommate speaking. And every time he spoke, it was in Spanish. I did not speak anything in Spanish, and so uh, if I did get him to talk to me and he spoke English, it was very short and very quiet. Now, I knew that this was going to be maybe a barrier in our relationship a little bit because I couldn't speak any Spanish, and at that time I thought he spoke very little English. This one Sunday afternoon while I was being lazy in the dorm room, then he continued to unpack more things and he turned on his TV. We had two TVs. We were guys living in a dorm room, multiple ball games at once usually. And he turned on a Los Angeles Lakers basketball game. This was weird to me. Being born and raised in Kansas, I thought the only basketball we watch in Kansas is KU and occasionally K-State. But then the biggest barrier of all revealed itself. Because while he was unpacking, he jumped up on his bed and he unfolded a piece of cloth, a huge piece of cloth, and he hung it up on the wall and I saw it and there it was, a New York Yankees flag. I remember calling my mom saying, I don't know if I can do this. 
Over the next couple of weeks, uh, the distance between my roommate and I, it could have been a country mile. Because you could tell he wasn't so sure about me and I wasn't so sure about him. And then a snowstorm hit. Massive amounts of snow fell on this small town of Sterling, Kansas. So bad that the power went out, the cafeteria was closed, there was nothing to do. And uh, my roommate and I just couldn't blare out the awkwardness between the two of us by TVs or music. And neither of us were budging on our stands. I mean, after all, this was my room. I had lived there the longest. This was my turf. And to him, I was just some small town country boy from the middle of nowhere. We were stretched out of our comfort zones. Has anything like that ever happened to you? Have you ever been riding along smoothly in life and all was right in your world and then something or someone forced you out of your comfort zone? Well, today we're going to read in Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 32, once again, about Peter, the disciple, and how God stretched him outside of his boundaries. Once again, we'll begin chapter 9, verse 32 in Acts. And it's up to this point that Peter has been working diligently to convert people to Christ. The thing that we must know as well is that Peter has been visiting his own people while on this mission. He's been going to the synagogues. He's been going to the temples while spreading the gospel. So he's been spending this time with people just like him and focusing on this particular group of individuals. Now, there's nothing wrong with this because, after all, before Christ ascended into heaven, he told them to begin their ministries in Jerusalem. But now we begin to see God take Peter's ministry in a different direction. And in Acts chapter 9, verse 32, we see that shift begin to occur. And it begins with Peter having to have a hand in two miracles. The first miracle took place in the city of Lydda, a city that was just northwest of Jerusalem. And Peter had traveled there to visit the Lord's people. And while he was there, he came across a man named Aeneas. This was a man that who had been bedridden for eight years because he was paralyzed. And Peter said to this man, Aeneas, Jesus Christ has healed you. Get up and roll up your mat. And immediately he got up and all those who lived in Lydda and in Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. Now, this occurrence reminds us of a similar miracle that we have read in Luke chapter five, where a man was lowered through the roof of a house by his friends to get him in front of Jesus so that he could be healed. However, here in Acts chapter nine, there's something different happening when we compare the miracle from Luke chapter five to here in Acts nine, even though it has many similarities. And in order to see the difference, we have to look at the man who was paralyzed and his name being Aeneas. You see, Aeneas was not a Jewish name. It's a Greek name. So when Christ healed the man in Luke chapter five, he healed a Jewish man. But here in Acts nine, we see Peter healing a Roman Gentile. This is very important to see the significance of this miracle, because those who were Jewish didn't deal with the Roman community unless it was absolutely necessary. The Greeks had yet to have the gospel shared with them. And when we look back on the life of Christ and when he was dealing with the non-Jewish community, we can remember how just uncomfortable Peter would feel in those moments. You see here we see Peter being stretched in Acts nine outside of his comfort zone, healing a man who was a Gentile. Now, we all have had times in our lives when we have been or have been forced to exit out of our comfort zone. And yes, that is good for us. But what happens 
when we take a number of steps to exit out of that familiar place of comfort? How do we feel when we're stretched a number of times in just a short period of time and we have to step out of those boundaries that make us feel safe and sound? Well, as time continues, Peter finds himself in this exact situation because in verses 36 to 43, Peter comes across an important member of the church who's just passed away in Joppa. And it's here that Peter comes alongside this person who has died named Tabitha, also called Dorcas in Greek, who prays. He prays over her and she's raised from the dead. This time, the person being raised from the dead is a rich woman who is an important leader within our church. It kind of reminds us a little bit in Luke chapter 8 when Christ raised the daughter of Jairus from the dead. But here we have a wealthy woman who has a big hand in her congregation. Once again, we find Peter finding himself outside of his comfort zone. The reason for this is because now he's dealing with a woman. In those days, women were divided from men almost everywhere that they went. It was just the Jewish way. It was in their culture. You couldn't be alone with a woman. You couldn't touch a woman unless you were married to her. Women had smaller roles, what seemed to be of little significance within the ministry in those days. And here we see God opening up the gospel specifically to the females, showing their importance. Tabitha was an important person when it came to ministry within the church at Joppa. She had lots of money. She was generous. She helped many that were in need. And Peter brings her back to life so that that ministry can continue. This miracle shines light on the importance that women have within Christ's kingdom. And it's here that Peter's eyes and the eyes of others who saw all this happen are open. So Peter's been stretched and he's been led to a new area within his life that is completely outside of his comfort zone. Now, this is usually a place where many people would like to just kind of take a step back into their into their comfort zone. That's familiar, familiar click, familiar lifestyle, catch your breath, relax a little bit. But God had other plans for Peter. Peter ends up staying in Joppa for some time. And the place that he's called to reside in is at the home of a man named Simon, who's a tanner. Now, a tanner is someone who deals with uh, dead animals, whether they be clean or unclean. And and he deals with their hides, making them into clothing, rugs, furniture, whatever. And this was seen as being unclean. Because within the Jewish culture, working with dead animals, whether they were clean or unclean, was frowned upon. The person who allowed or who dealt with these things was seen as unclean themselves. He wasn't allowed to worship God because he was unclean in the temples. Basically, he was just labeled by the Jewish culture altogether as not being good enough to worship God. And here, Peter is staying with this man, Simon. We have to assume that others were wondering, why is this man dealing with this unclean tanner? I mean, even Peter himself had to uh, once again feel really uncomfortable with the situation that he found himself in. And then one day while Peter was waiting on a meal to be prepared, Peter, he became hungry and he fell into a trance. It was then that he saw heaven open up and he saw a large sheet descending down from heaven. And within that sheet, he saw four footed animals 
reptiles, birds. And he heard a voice tell him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Peter replied, surely not, Lord. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. Then the voice said to him, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times before the sheet ascended back up into heaven. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if the Lord ever put a Casey strip or a thick pork chop in front of me and said, get up, Tyler, and eat, I wouldn't hesitate. But during these days and within this culture, it was seen as being unclean and it was something that you just were not supposed to do. So at this point, you have to feel for Peter. I mean, talk about being stretched outside of your comfort zone. I mean, at this point, many of us would be thinking also to ourselves that that we need that vacation or, or or something right now. Peter is staying in the house of a man that is unclean. And not only that, now God speaks to him saying, hey, I want you now to eat these so-called unclean animals. Peter has to be asking himself, what in the world is going on? And then right after God tells Peter to enjoy some barbecue, he hears a knock on the door. Do you ever have those days where you've just been stretched beyond measures? You've been forced to be out of your comfort zone all day and your stress level and your anxiety is just at a whole new level. And then your cell phone rings and you think to yourself, what now? That's where Peter has found himself. So there's a knock at the door and Peter sees that it is two Roman soldiers and they tell Peter that an angel of the Lord has told their boss, Cornelius, that he should travel to Cornelius's house, a centurion officer of the Roman army. This is the same type of people that put Christ on the cross. And if I'm Peter at this point, I'm probably saying, seriously, God, really? Can't I just have a break for a day or two? Peter is probably thinking that that he's a dead man, but he goes with them to Cornelius's home and it was a day's journey away. So Peter had time to calm down, gather his thoughts and to pray to God and ask him exactly what is this all about? And when they arrived at Cornelius's, Cornelius's house, there was a large group of people that Cornelius had invited to see Peter in in verse chapter 28 of chapter 10, verse 28 of chapter 10. Peter reminds this group that are well aware that it is against the law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But he continues to speak to them after that. And this is a point in the statement that we really see Peter has grown from being stretched from outside his comfort zone. He continues by saying, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. And in verses 34 and 35, he states, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right. Verse 43, Peter continues saying, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Peter was a man that was being stretched beyond his own limits and boundaries. And it was for his own good. And it was for the good of the mission of spreading the gospel. He has now seen that God's word and the forgiveness of sins by coming to Christ through faith is not just for the Jews, but for all. 
for all. The gate is open for all people to come to Christ. Peter then says in verse 47, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. He then ordered them to be baptized in the name of Christ. And in chapter 11, Peter returns to to Jerusalem and receives criticism. Any time that we see God act and miracles happen and wonderful things happen, we can bet that there's going to be a counterattack from the evil one. It doesn't have to be from those who are so far away from God. It can be people who consider themselves Christians or believers as well. And this is what Peter comes across because he receives criticism, but he defends himself to those back in Jerusalem who were believers, who couldn't believe what Peter had done. You mean to tell us that you went to the homes of uncircumcised men and ate with them? Peter is now seen by those groups of people as being unclean. He's not good enough to worship God anymore in their own eyes. You see, they believe that the only way to grow closer to God was to obey the Jewish laws And that was it. But because of Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection, there was a new way to grow closer to God. You see, Peter had been stretched beyond the boundaries that he had once knew by God himself in order to spread the gospel. And now it was time for others to be stretched as well. Peter explained to them everything that had happened, and we see the results of this experience and a change of view in chapter 11, beginning in verse 19. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. You see, Peter's experience of being stretched outside of his comfort zone by God was for a purpose. Because by being stretched, he reached a whole new group of people with the gospel. And when he returned and told others about what had happened, they too felt and called to step outside of their own comfort zones, out of their own boundaries that they had grown up with and share the good news of Jesus Christ. God showed Peter and other believers that the gateway to coming to Christ was not something that was only open to those who were Jewish, but to all. To everyone on earth, no matter what their past was like, no matter how bad the community looked down upon them or spoke about them, it didn't matter who they had worshipped and all the days leading up to then, God wanted them all. And it didn't matter if they were Jew, if they were Gentile, man or woman, it didn't matter uh, how society had labeled them. He didn't care if they had been seen as unclean because he, God himself, had spoken saying, do not call anything impure That God has made clean. God stretched Peter beyond his boundaries and far into the unknown land that rested outside of his comfort zone. And even though Peter had to wonder what in the world is going on, probably saying at times, God, hello, are you there? Why are you having me do all of this? What is the purpose of all of this? He obeyed God and he spread the gospel. Barriers were broken down. God showed Peter and others that he could give 
the, his gift of the Holy Spirit to whoever, whoever he chose to do so, and nobody could stand in his way. Just think what might have happened if Peter had said no at the beginning. What if the security of remaining in his own comfort zone was too great to leave and follow God's direction into uncharted territory? Do we see that happen today? We see it in our differences. We see it because it happens in race. It happens in social status. It happens in economical status, denominations within the church, politics, educational levels, hobbies. I've even seen it happen in youth sports. It's everywhere. And just as the people in Peter's day had established these walls, we too have followed in their footsteps and built barriers between all of God's people at times. You see, it was culture that separated God's people in Peter's day. And years ago, culture was separating two of God's people again in that dorm room. There's only one tool that we can use to break down those barriers, and that is the good news of Jesus Christ. But if that is all we do, then we are just like the Jewish community and Peter before God stretched them. Our mission lies outside of these walls, sharing the good news, because Christ doesn't belong to just one group. He belongs to the whole world. And just like he called Peter to be stretched beyond his boundaries, we too are called to step out from our comfort zones and share the good news of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 7, verses 9 through 10, John tells us about what he saw and what was revealed to him. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude That no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb of God. To step out of our comfort zone, we have to place our faith and trust in God. We can't be afraid to fail. We have to try new things. And if something doesn't work, we don't place blame on someone. We just go back to work and we try something else. Otherwise, we fail. We find ourselves falling in the comfort zones within our own homes, our own businesses, within our own churches. What will happen when we step out of our comfort zone and connect with others that are different than us? When we connect with those who act differently than us, think differently than us, And look differently when we allow God to stretch us more than we have ever been stretched before. And we spread the good news of Christ. We will see our families, our neighborhoods, our community and the world changed by the power of God's word. But in order for this to happen, we have to step out of our comfort zone as individuals and as a congregation of God's people. God won't always provide a snowstorm that forces us to get to know each other and forces us to get out of our comfort zones. But I will tell you that I am very happy that he did that day and with that snowstorm years ago, because my roommate and I were forced to step out of those comfort zones during those very, very long days when we were stuck in our room. And today we're no longer seeing each other as roommates but we see each other as brothers. If we want to see the gospel grow and we want to see all of God's creation come to Christ, we have to surrender to his guidance and we have to allow him 
to stretch us beyond our boundaries. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just come to you at this time with open hearts and open ears to hear your call. God, as you know, we are human. We easily can find comfort in areas of our lives that cause us to just withdraw from those who may be different than us. Those who may not know too much about and we then hide in the familiar spaces that we have developed within our own personal worlds. Help us be bold. Help us place our faith and trust in you so that we may totally surrender ourselves and follow your call to step out of our comfort zones and connect with those and others who are different from what we are familiar with so that we can share the gospel with those so that your kingdom may grow. Remind us not to call unclean what has been made clean by you. Help us stay faithful to Scripture as we do so. Lord, we surrender to you, and we ask you to stretch us beyond these boundaries. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. We love you. Amen.